Welcome to season three of the Morgan Stanley Ideas podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Miltite. This season, we're investigating unexpected markets. On today's episode, we're heading into the murky world of cryptocurrency to answer this question. What makes money valuable? We're good at making bagels. We're good at making... uh cream cheeses, whitefish, and all those types of things, you know. And, you know, try to stay in your own lane. You know, I like using that line, keep it simple and stupid. Our producers, Courtney and Jess, are at the Great Barrington Bagel Company in Great Barrington, Massachusetts. It's just one of the many towns in the Berkshires, a beautiful area of rolling hills right over the border from New York State. Bob, the owner of the bagel shop, has been making bagels for over 20 years. Can you tell us a little bit about the flavors? All right, so to help you out here, Tornado is our everything bagel. Um, it consists of sesame seed, poppy, a little salt and onion, and it's on the outside. The Blizzard is a... We went to the Great bagel. Barrington Bagel Company not only because we wanted to try Bob's delicious bagels, but because we wanted him to take our money. Because we aren't paying in dollars. We're paying in a local currency called Berkshires. Can we pay for our bagels? Sure, let's pay for your bagels. All right. Okay. Okay. All right, so it's going to be $8 in Berkshires. All right, so you're giving me a $10 Berkshire. Okay. Okay. Put it under our register, and we have all our Berkshires here. And here's your change of Berkshires. Thank you so much. Two Berkshires. Two Berkshires. So we're going to spend This season on the Morgan Stanley Ideas podcast, we're taking a look at unexpected markets. In each episode, we're going to explore a market you've heard of, a market you might understand, a market you think you know all about, and flip the coin, show you the other side and see what's making these seemingly traditional markets a little different. Today's unexpected market, cryptocurrency. Unless you live under a rock, you've heard a lot about cryptocurrency. There are more than a thousand cryptocurrencies floating around the internet. Maybe your friend has already invested in one. Maybe you have. Or maybe any time the word is thrown around, it goes right over your head. Whether you understand them or not, cryptocurrencies, from the obscure to the household name, are becoming mainstream. What's all the hype about? Well, let's take a step back. In order to understand cryptocurrency, we first need to break it down and define the second part of the word, currency. Our wallets are filled with credit cards, debit cards, and cash. But what is currency beyond its physical components? What makes money, money? There's a small region of Massachusetts that's answering that question with their very own alternative to dollars and crypto. It's another currency, Berkshires. Hi. Hi. I'm wondering if I can have 40 Berkshires. 40 in Berkshires? Berkshires are the local currency of the Berkshires region. We know these two words sound very similar. Berkshires are distributed by Berkshires Inc., a nonprofit dedicated to the currency's circulation. Even though the idea of Berkshires feels a little like monopoly money, they're legal tender. They'll buy you anything dollars will in participating places. You can go to one of four local banks in the Berkshires and trade in 95 cents for one Berkshire. I'm willing to bet that when you go to the bank and get your dollars, nobody pauses to tell you how beautiful they are. But at Lee Bank, Wendy Healy, senior vice president, can't help but admire Berkshires. The five, which is W.B. Du Bois, is green. 
and it's sort of an olive green. But there are also other colors on the back, blues and um, yellows and grays. And then the 10 is predominantly purple, and it's got these beautiful... Berkshires are paper bills that look a lot like U.S. dollars, but instead of presidential portraits, they feature local Berkshire landscapes and heroes. They're jewel-toned, each one a different color. Instead of In God We Trust, Berkshires say money well spent. They're just beautiful, absolutely beautiful. It's It's a nice microcosm of really the history and the heritage of the Berkshires. Wendy would be the first to tell you that Bob from Great Barrington Bagel Company is just one of the 400 business owners who accept Berkshires. They are the reason this crazy economic experiment has actually worked. These business owners have built a community capable of creating real economic value through a local production of goods and services. So each Berkshire is tied not to a government-issued currency, but to a bagel, growler of beer or even a handcrafted ukulele. We travelled all over the Berkshires to hear the story of how Berkshires became a staple in the Berkshires' economy, from Phyllis Webb at Magic Fluke Ukulele Shop to Bill and Christine Heaton at Big Elm Brewing, everyone had a story to share. Before we moved here, I heard about this fundraiser, and so I thought, well, let's just jump into a first activity. Well, lo and behold, what was it supporting? Berkshires. Uh, the first time I remember interacting with Berkshires was when someone came into the pub and was trying to purchase, you know, their burger or their beer with uh, a Berkshire, and I had never seen one. I had no idea what it was. Um, wasn't sure it was real. So we do have a lot of, um, you know, weekly customers that come in and they'll fill their growlers, get a pint, and pay with Berkshires. You can build a house in Berkshires. You can sign contracts in Berkshires. You can throw a party in Berkshires. You can get a divorce in Berkshires. The undertaker will take payment, but I haven't heard yet that he's gotten a client. This last voice is Susan Witt. She's the executive director of the Schumacher Center for New Economics and the co-founder of Berkshires. You probably hear that she has a shaky voice. She has a tremor, and Susan knows it's the first thing people notice. I do have a shaky voice from familiar tremor. Some say it makes me sound vulnerable. They're very mistaken. (laughs) Susan is really the mastermind behind Berkshires. In 2006, she created Berkshires because she wanted to keep money flowing inside her local economy. She wanted to harness the power of the Berkshires community. But getting people to actually use Berkshires? That's tougher. What we're going against is an online economic system that's occurring. People are very easy with their credit cards and debit cards. So I would be in line at a store that accepted Berkshires and find one of our donors taking out a credit card. And I said, you could have used Berkshires. And he turned to me and he said, but I get points, Susan. It's really no different than an airline rewards program. An airline gives you points to encourage loyalty. So when you have a choice, 
hopefully the next time you choose to fly with that airline. This is James Fawcett. I am a senior research analyst at Morgan Stanley, and I do all things fintech and payments. Fintech, for those of you outside the industry, stands for financial technology. Berkshires might seem like an old-school currency. You can't e-transfer Berkshires or mine them on the internet. But James recognizes the similarities between Berkshires and his expertise, cryptocurrency. I think if you look at it in the case of the Berkshires, what it does is if I'm holding Berkshires, it encourages me to go back and transact within the Berkshire economy. Berkshires have rewards too. They're just not in the form of points or free flights. Instead, the reward is keeping money flowing through your local economy. When Susan was standing in line with that Berkshire donor, he was weighing which reward was more worth it. Airline points or supporting his local economy. And then he said, but do you know how hard it is to cash in those points? And then he looked at me and he said, I just talked myself out of it. Even though the Berkshires are only two and a half hours from Boston and three hours from New York City, they're geographically isolated. They have a rich history of self-reliance. People living in the region have always had to depend on one another and solve problems by working as a community. It's not hard to convince people in the Berkshires that life is better when you support local businesses. So it makes sense that they want to keep their money local too. Berkshires have worked because they put this idea of community into action. This is Bill from Big Elm Brewing again. When you exchange a Berkshire, people know you're local. They will, you know, usually know what business you're from and you, you know, frequent another local business. So it's a good way to have a little conversation starter or just say hi via the the Berkshire use. And, you know, uh, I think it really strengthens the whole community that way. It keeps you in touch with a lot of people in your community. This is the sound of fermentation. You have to be patient to be a brewer. It takes a long time for beer to properly ferment and to fill pallets of thousands of beer cans with that beer. So Bill, Christine and their team find themselves with a lot of time to talk. Bill told us that while they brew or pour, they chat. Sometimes they even chat about the future of money, which is how we learned about Jeff, one of their employees at the intersection of Berkshires and cryptocurrency. I kind of saw it as an investment opportunity in the case of cryptocurrency. Berkshires have primed the community for other alternative currencies too. Jeff interacts with Berkshires regularly, but it's cryptocurrency that has captured his attention. I've been using uh, cryptocurrency because it's easier to access than Berkshires because you don't have to go to a physical bank to get it. Jeff doesn't want to go to a bank. He wants to log on to his computer or open an app on his phone. For Jeff, money is no longer tied to a physical dollar or Berkshire. And if many of us currently prefer intangible to tangible money, it's easy to imagine a future where virtual money is the norm. But if we can't see money, and in the case of cryptocurrency, typically can't even spend it on goods and services, what makes it real? I'm not sure that cryptocurrencies are a real thing. This is James Fawcett from Morgan Stanley again. They certainly are a concept, and people want to think that they can be a real thing. But if you actually look at their usage, there's virtually none. People really don't use them to buy and sell goods and services. So they're not really being used as currencies today. Some people think cryptocurrency is a bubble that's eventually going to pop, that will wake up one day and say these virtual coins are worthless. 
and they might have good reason to think that. But James says if we look at other historical bubbles, we might find a clue about the future of cryptocurrency. If you look at the Beanie Baby bubble of almost 20 years ago, that burst really at the end of 1998 or so. But what's really interesting is if you go on eBay today, there are like 127,000 listings for Beanie Babies, and most of them are priced between $10 and six dollars or $800,000 each. So just because a bubble burst, it doesn't mean that people have stopped associating value with something. It just means that the transaction volume kind of dries up. And so I think with some cryptocurrencies, that could be what ends up happening is that People still think there's value, but they're kind of alone in that belief. And so they think it's worth X, but nobody else does. So there are no transactions that take place. Now, that doesn't mean that a cryptocurrency goes to zero. It just may mean that people stop using it. If people once thought that little animals filled with beans would always be worth thousands, then really anything can be given value. You just have to garner support from a community to say that something is valuable, right? But actually, the definition of money is more complicated than that. Money is not money just because we say it is. I think there are very definitions because everybody's trying to fit it into the construct that fits best to their own interests. If you say that money is valuable because people say it is, then that makes it very fungible as to what you can define as money. And if you say that money is valuable because the government has issued it, and I have this social contract with the government that reinforces the social contract. Many of the people in the Berkshires often have both dollars and Berkshires together in their wallets. So every time they buy a pair of shoes or eat at a restaurant, they have to think about which currency they want to use. They have to think about what each form of money means and why one, in some cases, is more valuable than the other. When we ask business owners who accept Berkshires what makes money valuable, everyone had a different answer. It's an exchange. It's going from the days of barter to giving us something uh, tangible to exchange for goods. It is the generator that creates those new goods. Money is power. I guess what really gives money value is your belief in the system in it. Because, you know, was it Nixon took us off the gold standard in 72 and... What's really backing up your American dollars now, it's just imaginary faith. So I guess that's the same thing for the Berkshires. So it's faith in your local economy. Berkshires have a little bit of a value in and of themselves above and beyond what you can exchange them for. They're symbolic of a place. They're symbolic of a way of thinking. They're symbolic of just the fact that Berkshires are the Berkshires. It kind of captures that spirit of the community. While all these definitions of money might be true, there's one thing money must do to be considered money. Money has to circulate. There's a reason why it's called currency. Like a current, currency flows through a community. And if you find enough people who want to circulate that currency, whether it's cryptocurrency or Berkshires, then it becomes money. What makes money money is flow. Think of that beanie baby you bought for thousands of dollars – Imagine using that Beanie Baby to buy a bagel. You can't. Because even though it has value, it's not currency. It can't flow through the economy no matter how much you believe in its value. 
Unlike a beanie baby, cryptocurrency won't get you very far in a bagel shop. James admits you can't use cryptocurrency for common goods and services, but he does recognize the value of money isn't as arbitrary as it seems. Many times you'll hear cryptocurrencies advocates say, well, traditional regular currencies aren't really a currency except for we decided that they are. But that's not really true because the value stems from the agreement society has made with the government to provide services. And that is the intrinsic value, is the value of the goods and services provided by the government that issues the currencies. When we enter into that social contract with the national government, we agree that we'll circulate, exchange and value one specific currency. But what's happened in the Berkshires is that people have agreed to enter into a social contract with their immediate community, alongside the one we all have with the national government. They were willing to put power in the hands of their neighbours to supply goods and services. They agreed to circulate a new form of currency. For cryptocurrency to really flow, the online communities that issue these currencies would have to create a social agreement that could sustain and ultimately benefit a large group of users. For cryptocurrency advocates, they think that instead of those people turning to the U.S. dollar and putting their faith in the social contract between the U.S. government and its population, that instead they could turn to uh, a digital representation. Will cryptocurrency ever reach that point of acceptance? It has the potential to. Right now, cryptocurrency has more in common with assets. It has value, but limited usage. No one is exactly sure if cryptocurrency will ever become something more than an asset. It might never flow in the way that dollars do. But in the Berkshires, that flow is strong enough for Berkshires to circulate on their own. But remember, that wasn't always the case. Susan remembers when Berkshires had just launched. She remembers the thrill of teaching people that money could be something other than a dollar, something unexpected. We kind of felt there were... Oh sparkles around us when we came into a room because we were so excited and engaged and talking nonstop about the next problem to solve. And people were drawn to that energy. And then we launched. I was at the co-op. One day after they launched, Susan saw a woman at the Berkshire co-op market paying for her groceries with Berkshires. And the woman behind her said, what's that? And the woman who was paying said, this is our local currency. And And before Susan could interject, this stranger launched into a detailed description of the Berkshires. It's a new form of currency that draws its value from the Berkshire community. And I'm standing there going... Hello, me, hi. I, I, I founded it, hello. We think of money as a fixed concept, something that was already invented a long time ago. But it's not. The definition of money and the form it takes are malleable. Today, money could be a dollar. Tomorrow, it could be cryptocurrency. But for now, in the Berkshires, it's Berkshires. They didn't need me. Berkshires didn't need me. It was acting on its own. Thanks for listening to the Morgan Stanley Ideas podcast. If you want to listen to our previous episodes, you can head to morganstanley.com slash ideas. I'm Ashley milne Thanks again for listening.